And we, we know that the word says that it's you who gives us the ability to earn wealth. So God, we want to give you praise and thanks that you've given us ability to earn our wealth. God, and we, we want to give into the offering and we want to thank you for providing for this fellowship here, the Journey Church, that you would um, continue to bless us so that we might be a blessing in our community and to the missions that we support. We thank you for the blessing that you poured out on the youth group, providing funds for them uh, through this yard sale and for all the people who worked. God, as we give into the offering today, we give back in accordance with how you've blessed us by faith. And we ask that you would take these seeds and you would multiply them to expand the kingdom of God to make a difference in people's life. We thank you for this amazing body. I thank you for this amazing body here at the Journey Church. God who loves you, who love each other. And we just pray a blessing on this offering in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, uh, a real quick um, update. Some of you guys know Bob and Kathleen. Not all of you do. They were real regular here. Um, and then they've been hardly here at all for about nine months because of health issues. They sit right over here usually. And um, they're uh, both in their early early 70s, but they both have a lot of really uh, s uh, physical issues. Um, it's, made, it's been really hard for them just to function in life. Well, recently, um, Bob fell down and he was at his house and he, I went to visit him in the, in the hospital after I found out it happened. And he told us, it's kind of funny. He, he, uh, he fell down and um, he, he fell pretty hard. And so he, he, he worked his way back up and tried to take another step and fell again. He didn't learn. He got up a third time, fell a third time drug himself to his car, tried to get up, get into his car, and he fell a fourth time. And so he sh absolutely shattered his hip. Um, they couldn't do anything with it, so he had to have a hip replacement. And uh, he is in a healing process. Now, that's, that's just the, the, the most recent of his health issues. He, he's got some serious health issues uh, all the place. So um, we want to be in praying for them, but they actually at this point cannot cook their meals. And so they're going to need some help. So we're going to try to arrange for some meals um, over the c coming weeks. But I said, well, how long, Bob? I said, do you think you're going to need meals? He's being real open and honest here. And he kind of looked at me funny. I said, well, you know, because, you, you know, sometimes we get a hip replacement. Um, they actually go really well for most people. And I thought maybe in a few weeks he'd be up and be able to do that. And he kind of looked at me funny. I says, are, do, are you going to be able to recover from this and start making meals? And he goes, I don't think so. So basically saying that for the rest of their days, they're not going to be able to cook their own meals. So we need to be in prayer for that. And I says, well, what about Meals on Wheels? And I'm being real honest. He says, we can't afford it. So we want prayer to see uh, what we can do um, to help them. Um, I, I don't think that we have people in here who, are, who really, we're not a big enough church to probably say, we're going to cook the meals, your meals for the rest of your lives. I think we'd fall off and they would. So we want to pray to see maybe God will do something where we could put into a fund and, and help with their Meals on Wheels or something. Um, anyways, but in the meantime, if you feel uh, led one to visit, Kathleen is pretty much home bad. Fiona's been going over there to go visit them, um, pray with them, um, just just stop by. They're in Sugarloaf. A lot of you are in Sugarloaf. You could stop by for a you know, 15-minute visit, just make their day. If anyone says, hey, I'll go clean their house, if they can't cook, probably having a hard time cleaning. 
So anyone who feels led to serve, I'll connect you and get you uh, connected with them so that we can be the body of Christ for this wonderful uh, couple. They're just, they're just such sweet people. Um, she gives me, every time she's at church, I don't know about, yeah, she gives me a holy kiss. And uh, if you, you go, oh, now I know who she is. She always asks me, can I give you a holy kiss? She kissed me on the cheek and it's just so sweet and precious. Um, so I just want everyone to be in prayer and uh, for them and about yourself. Hey, Lord, how can I be involved in this? I had notes. Were there notes on that? There are these. Okay. Yes. It's a fifth Sunday. Okay. All right. Amen. At the uh, today is benevolence, and we'll we, we'll be helping them out of the benevolence. And so um, today is benevolence Sunday, and so we'll be giving at the end of the service. We'll take a, a second offering um, for benevolence. Actually, well, we we can do we can do that right now. I, while we're kind of thinking that, I'm looking for my notes. Um, I may have put them over here. But um, this this money goes into right back into the community to help in ways um, in the community. I think that might be it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Father, there are a lot of needs, Lord, and there's it uh, doesn't seem like there's always, um, even personally, for us, uh, that it seems like sometimes there's more month at the end of our money. And so... Um, but God, we just pray that you'd bless as we give into the uh, benevolence, God, that you would give us wisdom and how to help the people of our body and of our community, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys, come and do that. And Okay. Um, online, you can also, some of you that may be more prepared, you can go to our website. I love our little, we- our new website. Um, it's got a lot of neat fe- features. Uh, it's got uh, a way to give, of course, and so there's ways to give into all of our different uh, uh, funds here at the church, um, into missions or the benevolence. You can do that right online, so definitely you can do that. Also, to make you guys aware, there is a, um, I put, I've been trying to make it uh, more evangelistic. There is the complete road to salvation is on our website, so um, you could go and read that, look at it. It helps you to help uh, maybe to share your faith with other people. Um, it has a prayer of salvation. It has a way for people, if they read it, they can click on a button and, and connect with somebody in the church who will call them and help them um, grow in their faith. There's also an online, I want to put, uh, put this out. Did you guys check your mail over the weekend, Mick? Okay, because I put you on the email list now. Um, on our website, we have a prayer request form. You go to contact us and you click on the pray for me and um, it will give you an opportunity to put your prayer request in there. And you don't have, even have to put a contact if you don't, you're, you're welcome to, but you can just say, please pray for these things. When you submit that form, it automatically gets emailed out to some of our prayer people. And so already there, there's people using that and receiving prayer. So it's, it's a way you can, of course, call people, but a lot of people are just on their phone all the time or on a computer, and you can feel free to just type a little prayer request out. Um, it gets prayed every day by our prayer team, and then on Monday night, there's a special prayer meeting happening uh, where a number of them get together and pray for special needs. There might be a little room in that prayer meeting if you'd like to, to join it. Um, it's a small house, but if you want to talk with uh, Mickey or Vicky, Mickey Hall, Susie Hall, or, or Vicky Rose that meets at her house. Woo, okay, that's it.
Good stuff. We're in part two of You Are Here. Did we find that graphic? Oh, look at that. We are, we're in week two of, of You Are Here. We're going to be here for, uh, for four weeks. Hey, um, who, who's going to be here uh, next week for part three? You going to be here next week for part three? Sorry? Okay. Oh, only a few of you. A lot of you are afraid to commit. I won't be. But come because um, Scott Warner is going to give kind of part three. Um, he, he, he's just coming and talking about uh, growing and, and discipleship. So it will probably be part three. Um, and then we'll do uh, part four in a few weeks. But this is, this is a message we, we went started last week. And if you remember, it was based on a study that was given, uh, taken with 525 churches, I believe, and about 185,000 people. And one of the things they learned through this study, through this survey, is that everybody in church, this was just for people in church, are, are in one of four places in, the tr- in, their, in their walk. And that's why this title message called You Are Here. One of four places. Everyone here in this room this morning um, is here for a reason. And it's because uh, we're in one of these four places. In the first place, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on the board. We're going to get into the message. But the first place, I need a tissue. It wasn't, it wasn't that one. It wasn't a bee. That's the message this morning. That's why I was excited about it. That kind of works, but look at that. They're exploring God, checking it out, trying to learn some more. Um, and so they have not. Uh, you, that might be you this morning. You're going, I want to know more about God. I want to know about what this relationship with Jesus is about, this religion thing. Um, often they're, they're just they're curious and they're exploring it. There's a whole bunch of people that are over here they're not here this morning because they're not even exploring God. The group we're going to talk about this morning is those who've explored God and come to f- understand that there was something in their life that they needed, and that was grace. They found out that God loved us so much, he sent his only son, Jesus, to die for our sin, and that we could not earn heaven without Christ. Nothing we could do could earn our salvation we needed God's grace in order to be saved. And so it was a, a time where we found out, those of us who are Christians in here found out, I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. We found His grace. And then we became, and this is where some other people are here, we are beginning in God. You've come to faith in Him, and it's new. Some of you have maybe been in church your whole life, but have just started a walk with God. And, and you're still beginning in God. Um, you, you would know that because when, when people start talking about the Bible, you go, I don't know where that scripture is. And I've never read my Bible, really. I've, I, I only hear my Bible once a week on Sundays. That's the only time. There's people, that's the only time they read their Bible. They're still beginning in God, and that's okay. We, want, we love every, everybody in, the, in each of these places. And so, but what happens when, to move to the next place, beginning in God, is that they begin to find out that the Bible is true, it's real, it's powerful, and they begin to base their life on the things found in the Bible. And so they've they've come to let the Word of God be their source and even help them in their life decisions. And they move from beginning to God 
to um, that's good. Oh, that was right, right? Yeah. To um, God, beginning in God, we're growing in God. We're beginning to chase God. Um, anyway, so and then from here, the the last one is 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 those where we're becoming um, uh, where we're living in God. We're growing in God. He's, we're making Him first in our life. We come to the last one, and we're going to talk about this in a, in a couple weeks, where everything we do gets based around God. We become God-centered. And, what we, and to get from here to here is we realize we need to give everything to Him. We learn about giving our time, our talents, our finances. Everything is about giving to God. Um, this morning we're going to be talking about this circle here, beginning in God. And this, this we had, remember, we had the ships. You guys, do you guys remember the ships? The first group was based on fellowship. Does anyone remember what the second group was by any chance? Very good. Relationship. Somebody took notes. We're beginning to get a relationship with God. This fellowship is actually not with God. It's fellowship with one another. A lot of people come, they go, I just love coming to church. They, they like the people. It's fellowship. This relationship is, yes, with people, but this is a relationship with God. Third ship? Yeah. Discipleship. This third group is people who are, who are growing in God, and so they're growing through discipleship. Last one? Lordship. This last group, this fourth group, they have given their whole life over to the Lord, and He is their Lord, their Master. They've given everything, and it's about the Lordship of Jesus. This is discipleship relationship. And so we're this morning we want to talk a little bit about this relationship. Um and, and how we're beginning in God and we can move to the next one. The, the we, couple of texts this morning. We're going to start in Mark chapter 4. It's the parable of the sower. Parable of the sower, which I call the parable of the soil. And the reason this is part of the thing is that we're finding that in here, there's four different types of soil in this parable. And there's four different things that cause... Um, lack of growth, and so we're going to be t- we're going to be hitting these as we move on. Starting in, in verse four, in verse three, it says, "Listen, a sower went out to sow, and it happened as he sowed that some seed fell upon the wayside, and the birds of the air came and devoured it." This this is what happens sometimes, especially for those that are exploring God. They hear a, a word, and the the birds come immediately. We found out the birds are, are Satan. It's, it's demons. They actually come and they steal the word. Why? So it can't bear fruit. And it says that they, um, the birds that come and, and, and devour the word of God. So then some fell, some seed fell along the stony ground where it did not have much earth. And immediately it sprang up because it had no depth of earth. When the sun was up, it was scorched. And it, because it had no root, it withered away. Some seed fell among the thorns and the thorns grew up and choked it and yielded no crop, but other seed fell on good ground, yielded a crop that sprang up, 
increased and produced some 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. And keep there, and Mark, we're going to read uh, the explanation in just a minute. So the, the parable is talking about the soil of, of each man's heart and whether it's ready to receive the Word of God. Now here's, here's the thing. I believe that we can increase our soil and become good soil so that when we hear the preaching of the Word of God, it can grow. That's what I want to talk about and encourage us this morning is that we don't have to be rocky, stony ground. But, but some people, they've, got, they've been, in, again, some people in church forever, but they have rocky, stony hearts and ground. They come, but they never grow. One of the things we want to do is help people to get rid of those things, learn what we can do to, to grow. Because, see, the whole point about this message, if you remember the map that you are here, we've all seen these somewhere. You know, I, I use them um, when we, we first got our passes at Disneyland. We would love to find the signs because if we wanted to go to, you know, Space Mountain or find some ride, you go find the sign that says you're here type of thing. I use them at malls more than anything. You go to a mall, you don't know where the store is at. I'm a man. I don't like to just browse around. First thing I want to do at the mall is find the sign so I can find the store I'm looking for, right? And you go there and you hope that it has the little button that says you are here. Why? So that you could say, I want to go to the Foot Locker and I am here. I don't want to walk by the Seas Candy Place. I don't need any more of that. On the way to, on the way to Foot Locker, though, I might want a Starbucks. So I'm going to look there and I'm going to find the things that I'm looking for going to find the stores that I'm, I'm going to avoid. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'd be si I'm silly sometimes, but, you know, sometimes when you've got kids and even when you've got men in your group, you say, okay, how can we get to the Foot Locker without walking next to Victoria's Secrets? Okay? <laughs> so it's, uh, because Victoria has no secrets left. They've all been <laughs> revealed. And so we look at the map. You are here. We need to go find out where we're going. And so we're going. We don't look at the map and go, I'm here. Great. I'm going to stay here. That's not what the map is about, okay? That's why this is called You Are Here. You're here, wherever you are today. You're exploring God, which is awesome. You're beginning in God. You're beginning to get God-centered and give them the, grow in your, your faith. Wherever you're at is awesome, but we don't want to stay there. And by the way, when you finally get, when you really are, are, are your life is all about giving and lordship, it's not like you stop growing. You never stop growing. In fact, when you stop growing, you start sliding backwards. It's called backsliding. It's not like you arrive. The only time we get to arrival in heaven. But, but you can live a life where, where God is, Jesus is your Lord, and that's the goal. So you are here wherever you are today. The goal is that you're going to move to the next spot and keep moving as we go. And that, that's what's wonderful about this series. So when we, you think about the map, when you think about you are here, I want it to be a memory. In fact, next time you go to the mall and you see that, you're like, you know what, that's right. I'm somewhere on, this, on a map of life. I'm on a map of life. Where am I? And how do I get to where I'm going? And, and, and I did say that w sometimes when you look at that map, you want to avoid certain places. You know, sometimes it's because you don't want the kids to walk by the toy store. You don't have enough time. Whatever it is. So you look at the map and say, what do I need to avoid to get to where I'm going? So this morning we're going to talk about some things to avoid and some things to do so that we can move from exploring to God, God like which we did last week. We already helped, told everyone how to move from exploring God to become beginning in God. And now we want to help people begin to grow from beginning in God to where 
um, they're becoming a disciple. They're becoming a disciple of Christ. Amen. So, the, the first thing in Mark that we're finding is that, that there's pitfalls. Right? There's pitfalls. I'm losing weight. Slowly. Because there's pitfalls. I, I, I was doing really good, and then, and then Zachary had a graduation from the Sheriff Explorer Academy and a birthday, and we needed to take him out and celebrate, and so it was a pitfall, and I, and I broke my diet. And it's amazing you're doing really good, and a pitfall comes, and you kind of backslide a little bit, and you gain a couple pounds, and you're like, <sighs> right? So there's some pitfalls that we need to, to be aware of so that we don't keep doing that in Mark chapter 4. The first pitfall was that the seed gets sowed. You, you, you read your Bible, you hear a message, you watch um, somebody online, a, an online preacher, and immediately the birds of the air. The enemy comes in and tries to steal the word from you. It brings doubt and just steals that word right from you. This next, is, that's, that's the first one. The second one we're going to talk about along with this message today is that it says, Some fell on stony ground where it did not have much earth, Immediately it sprang up, but because it had no depth of earth, it withered away and died. Let's go, go to the explanation. Verse 15. Um, the first one, these are the ones by the wayside where the word is sown. They hear it, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their hearts. You guys, got to guard your heart. Guard your heart. This week. These, the second, the, the second seeds are the ones sown on the stony ground who when they hear the word they immediately receive it with gladness but they have no root in themselves and so they endure only for a time afterward when tribulation or persecution arises for the word's sake immediately they stumble we don't want to be those who 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 come to church and hear a word and go yes this is great and then because of persecution because things coming against us, we back off. And if we're beginning in God, here's a couple things that happen. Some people, when that persecution comes in, they, they come, they come to Christ, they receive God, they receive Christ as their Savior, they get excited about it, but life happens, and they totally abandon ship. We talked about that was the ship that, that Satan wants us to be in, and is the abandoned ship. Today's to, to give up completely. Other people, every time a message is preached, they might not leave the church, but they never grow. The enemy comes in and steals the teaching, steals the word from them, or they, they make a confession, they make a statement that says, you know what, I am going to fill in the blank. Press into reading my Bible. I am going to stop watching porn. I am going to, whatever it is, they make these commitments, and then persecution comes. The enemy comes in another way, and it doesn't allow those commitments, that thing, to bear any fruit. So we want to be aware of those things. So, but, but why doesn't it bear fruit? Because there's no soil. There's no soil. So if we're talking about our heart, that's what I want to talk about this morning. How is your heart? Is it receptive to the Word of God? And, and is, is it a good place to build, to grow um, a fruitful crop? Go with me to Jeremiah chapter 17. This is where we're going to spend, this is kind of the, the base for this message this morning. Jeremiah 17, verse 5. As I, as I was 
early in the week when I was really praying about this, this measure, I'm like, okay, if, if there's a, a soil problem, we need to talk about where there's fruitfulness. And I went, wait a second, I, I know the scripture. This says, blessed is he whose uh, trust is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted by the, the, the waters whose roots go down and, and he bears fruit all year long. And I said, that's really good. And I went, so I, I went there, and I f- it's Jeremiah chapter 17, and it's verse 7. It says, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He shall be like a tree planted by the waters, which spreads out its roots by the river. It will not fear when the heat comes, that's persecution, and its leaf will be green. It, it will not be anxious in the year of drought, nor will it cease from yielding fruit. And I went, that's what I want. That's what we want, right? We want to yield fruit all the time. We don't want to be afraid of drought and difficulties coming. We want to be fruitful. And so that's good. So hope, but I said, well, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord. Often when you see the one, there's, there's something opposite before it. So you go up a little bit before it and you find out what the opposite is. Verse 5, cursed is the man who trusts in man and makes the flesh his strength whose heart departs from the Lord for he shall be like a shrub in the desert and shall not see when good comes but shall inhabit the parched places of the wilderness in a salt land which is not inhabited I don't want you I don't want to be in a salt land and not inhabited by people I don't want to be in a desert growing up have you ever tried to pull a weed in the desert it's really easy Things don't get root in the desert. It's growing in the sand. You just walk up and you pull it right out. I don't want to be like that. I want to be somebody who has roots, who also bears fruit, who's valuable to other people. And that's what we want to be, a fruitful people. So, so this morning we want to talk about um, the, the, the things that we don't want to be. And if we don't want to be those, let's talk about the opposite. So let's go to five here. It says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. Cursed is the man who trusts in man. I don't want to be cursed. Any of you? Probably not. We won't, we're asking anyone to raise their hand because you'd be embarrassed if you did. Right? We don't want to be cursed. We don't, so how do we, are we not cursed? Well, it says, cursed is the man who trusts in man. So if we don't want to be that, we need to be people who aren't trusting in man. Well, what's the opposite of trusting a man? Trusting in God. Do you, do you, you want to have roots that are going to go deep? We need to be people who are going to trust in God. That's going to be our, our first thing. What else don't we want to do according to this? It says those who draw their strength from man. We don't want to draw strength from mere flesh. We want to, so what's the opposite of that? We want to draw strength from the spirit. The opposite of the flesh is the spirit. It, it, we live often by the flesh, by our mind, will, and emotions, just these things. We don't want to draw strength just from that, but I tell you, that's what we're taught. Man up, just do it. Don't be a crybaby. Just, you know, don't have those feelings. Just work through everything. And it's all about flesh. We don't want to draw strength from our flesh. We want to draw strength from the Spirit of God. I talk about that. Don't, the third one is don't allow your heart to turn away from the Lord. So instead, we want to turn our heart toward the Lord. Okay? So here we go. So the very first one is trust in God. And so I went, how do you build trust in God? And I was really praying about these. Like, there's so many. These could be a, a, a multiple series in itself. First thing we want to do is begin to build trust in God. Well, and I was thinking, well, I was thinking of an example. Moses. 
Moses in the, in the wilderness, right? He brings the people out and God's telling them what to do. Raise your rod, split the waters, strike the rock, do these different things. And, and everything that God did with Moses was based upon that, that rod in, in Moses' hand. He kept using it to part waters and everything. And then, and then it comes to a point where all the people are, are dying of thirst. And, and Moses cries out to God, God, please, we, you know, don't let us die out here. He, he, was, he was complaining to God. And God says in Numbers chapter 20, he says, Moses, speak to the rock. He says, take your rod in your hand and speak to the rock and water will come out. Did you guys know this story? You know what Moses does? He takes the rod and he strikes the rock. That's not what God said. He, he, God said, speak to the rock. Why did Moses strike the rock? Because he had already done that before and it worked. He had used his rod to part the waters. He had used his rod and so he was going, okay, we need water. God said, Staff in your hand, speak to the rock, but I don't know about speaking to the rock. I'm going to do what I know. And he trusts in his own. He doesn't trust in God. And he hits the rock. Now here's what's interesting. The water still flowed. The water flowed, but Moses gets a curse. So, so Moses wasn't trusting God. We want to be people who trust God. So one of the ways that we're going we're gonna to grow in our faith is to begin to take him at his word and just do it. Psalm, I, I love this, Psalm chapter 9, verse 10. Was I was going, well, how do we trust, build trust? It says, those who know your name will trust you. And I went, well, how, how do you build trust by knowing God's name? Well, what are some of the names of God? See, this morning, if you're beginning God, you might not realize that he has any other names. You just call him God. But, but he reveals himself to us, and he has a whole bunch of names. He's El Shaddai, God Almighty. He's El, El, he's El Elohim, the God who's really three in one. He's Jehovah Rapha. He's the God who heals. He's Jehovah Tzitkanu. He's our righteousness. He reveals himself to his through his character, and his character becomes his name. You know, we, we name children in the womb, but many cultures, they, one, they wait, the Jews wait eight days, and they name their child on the eighth day. And then many cultures will change a person's name later that meets their character and their things. We, we give a child a name hoping they're going to live into their name. But see, God has, a, has names that are based on his character of who he is and what he's done. And if you begin to know the character of God and you study the names of God, there's a great study by uh, Kay Arthur on the names of God. So it's a great study. She breaks down all the names. When you begin to know the names of God, that he's my righteousness he's my banner he's my protector he's my healer and then and then yeah he's my provider jehovah jireh which which i love that one because that's when moses or abraham was on the um on the mountain 
and it says on the mountain of God uh, that God will provide when he provided the lamb or the ram for the sacrifice for Isaac. The word Jaira, though, actually means the one who sees. He sees your need and he provides for it before you even need it. That's his name. So when you think about the names of God, we can't go into any more in depth than that, and then you go to Psalm 9, you go, those who know your name will trust in you. Why? Because if you know God is righteous and good and healer and provider and banner, you're going to begin to trust him. And that's what we want to do. We want to trust in him. So, um, so let me give you, I've, I've actually got a couple, a couple things here. That was kind of a freebie. So how are we going to build our, our trust in God? We're going to know what you believe. You're going to, you want to, you got to believe in God. You got to build your trust in him. You better know what you believe. You can't, you, it can't just be, well, I, I'm just going to hope that this is right. Anyone ever try to find a place and go, I think I know. I hope I, I'm, I hope I know the way. I've done it. It's, it's wonderful when you take your family on one of those trips with you. Right? Know what you believe. Don't think you know what you believe. Don't hope you know what you believe. Know what you believe about God. Does anyone know what passage godliness is ne uh, cleanliness is next to godliness? Do you know that passage in the Bible? Raise your hand if you've heard of that in the Bible. Right? Problem is, it's not in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. God helps those. We have... People have thoughts about God. God helps those who help themselves. Cleanliness next to Godliness. Those are great scriptures. Those are scriptures. That's not truth about God. We need to know the truth about God, not just what we think about God. We're being told today what God would do on all of these issues politically. And we've got to be careful as Christians to make sure that we're not saying, well, God wouldn't do that. You better know your God. So, so we want to know what you believe. That's going to be the first thing, guys. If you want to begin to move from beginning in God and going on to becoming a disciple, that you actually know what you believe. So you're going to have to get into the Bible. Number two, you've got to verify that your beliefs in God are scriptural. So those go together. Know it, and then you've got to make sure they're scriptural. You got, don't just guess, you know. And, and, and when you've got a question, well, I think it's somewhere in the Bible. Don't think. Find it. And there's enough resources today on your, on your phone that you can find out if it's a scripture or not. Find out if it's a, do a Bible study on it. Make sure you're not taking it out of context. Number one, know what you believe. Two, verify that your beliefs in God are scriptural. God's a loving God and he would never send anyone to hell, so therefore there's no hell. Well, a lot of people are saying that. Stay away from people like Rob Bell. And Richard Rohr, these people have a form of godliness, but they are totally pushing other sides of God down, like that there actually is a heaven and a hell. A lot of these people are, they're, they're universalists. There's many ways to God. No, we need to verify that our beliefs are scriptural. That's why we spend time at church. That's why we want to be having Bible studies, reading the Bible, and growing in our faith. Number three, we need to accept that his word is true. That's difficult. If you don't believe his word is true, it's a, it's a waste of time. We have to, by faith, accept that the Bible is true. What's wonderful is every time somebody tries to go and disprove it again, something else gets found to just prove that it's true. The veracity of the Bible can be trusted. Number four, 
We need to have a macro view of God, not only a micro view of God. So what, what is a macro view? The macro view is the big picture of God, not just this little tiny part of God. That's really difficult when we're going through a struggle. When we're going through a struggle, we just think God hates us and God's abandoned us. That maybe that, that we must have done something wrong to, for him to punish us. But when we need to step back and look at the macro view of God and how he deals with all of his creation. Why, why, why does your, a child cry after dinner when he wants a piece of candy, but you know that you're actually having cake that night? And the, and the child cries because he can't have candy. Because he's got a micro view of that candy. All you can see is this. And you go, no, 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 we're not going to do that. we got a bigger treat going on. You know, on Saturday, can I go spend the night at my friend's house? No, and they cry. I want to go spend the night at my friend's house. They don't have the macro view that, that on Sunday morning, bright and early, you're going to Disneyland. The, my, the macro view, the my, kids have micro views of everything. Let's not be spiritual children. Let's learn to back up and say, how does my situation fit into the plan of God, into, into the whole scripture? Back up and begin to trust who he is and look at all things. When you're in the middle of it, often you need to go to somebody else who, who can help you see who God is. See God through the, the big picture. He didn't heal me. He must not love me. Well, what does the macro view say? For God so loved the world. He loves you. He loves you. He doesn't give us everything we want, but he gives us everything we need. Whether we think it's the thing we should have or not. He didn't give me the job that I wanted. Right? That's a, that's a micro view. Well, I really wanted this job. I really wanted it, and I really felt I caught confirmation that he was going to give it to me because I read a fortune cookie. God talked to me through my fortune cookie. Back up. Try to, try to have a bigger understanding of God and get away from ourselves. Number five. I'm going to kind of move these through the, to get to this next point. We need to actively live our beliefs. So you're, you're trusting in the word that it's true. You're searching the scriptures to find out what God thinks and to make sure that our belief system is lining up. We're learning to step back because we're learning the word of God and, and we're, we're trusting in his goodness and his name. And now we need to live it out can't just be up here. You have to live it out. God, God starts calling you to live a certain way that just goes against um, maybe common people's working or, or, or even understanding. And he says, um, you know, giving can be one of those. Come on, giving 10% to the Lord just seems crazy. But you begin to see the blessings of God and you see that, that the scriptures say to give a portion of what God has blessed you with. And I tell you, giving, is to, when you first start tithing, it's really, really, really hard. But you go, you know what? I'm going to begin to actively live my belief. How does that build trust? Because now I'm no longer in control and I'm going to see God move in my life. And every time God answers you and, and meets you where you are, it builds your trust. We don't want to trust in man. We want to trust in God. Cursed are those who put the, draw their strength from the man, from the, draw their strength from the flesh, 
So we don't want to draw strength from the flesh. We want to draw it from the Spirit of God. John Piper has this simple thing, and there's a couple parts of this. I'll give it real quick. How do you draw strength from the Spirit? And I was thinking, how do we do that? Well, we've already been talking about some of these. We're going to be reading the Bible. We're going to be talking to God. But he has, it, it's, a, um, it's called Aptat. If you're taking notes, Aptat, A-P-T-A-T. How do you draw strength from the Spirit? A, you have to admit that you can do nothing. You have to acknowledge that you can't do it, that you need God to help you in this moment. That's the very first thing that we need to do in order to begin to draw strength of the Spirit to say, I can't do it, which means you have to. The problem is we can try. But we have to say, I really can't do this. I need the Spirit of God. John 15, 5 says, apart from me, you can do nothing. So it's that, okay, I've been doing this my way. I'm not Frank Sinatra. Let's try it your way. <laughs> Aptat. I admit that I can do nothing. Two, P, I pray. I just start talking to God. I can't do this, so I'm going to talk to you about it, God. What does the scripture say? With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Don't worry about anything. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. John 14 says, ask for anything in my name and I'll do it for you. We have to become people who, who pray and ask God for it. That's a difficult thing. I've, I've lived my whole life being very, very, very self-sufficient. I mean, I, I took myself to the dentist for the first time in my life when I was 13. I had a, a part-time job. I paid my own dentist bills at 13 years old. Bought my own car, paid for my own insurance, bought my, most of my clothes. Very, very independent person. Asking God for things has been really tough. I grew up, my, my brother Jay would beat me up if I asked my parents for things. Don't ask. We don't have money. So I learned not to ask. So that, that, that hurts me in my life now with God. But, but in order to build trust and not to draw strength, see, I draw strength from my flesh too much. I'm learning, still learning. No, draw strength from the Spirit. So I've got to pray about everything. What does James says? You have not because you ask not. AP, admit, acknowledge, we can do nothing. Pray, T, trust. Trust a particular promise. Find a promise in the Word of God and you trust it. In other words, you can expect to get the help that you're asking for. You look in the Bible, you see the promise, you go, I'm going to trust that I'm going to get this. And, and, I, and I've got a list um, of, of some of these uh, scriptures, Isaiah, fear not, for I am with you. Uh, Philippians, my God will supply all of your needs according to his riches. Corinthians, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that you'll have a sufficiency in all things. I'll never leave you or forsake you, Hebrews says. Find promises in the Bible that you can read that, that talks about your situation and begin to trust that promise. I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I live, but Christ who lives in me. I'm going to trust you. It's not me who lives. It's you who lives in me. I'm going to choose to trust you, God. Aptat. A-P-T-A. Act. Here we go. Now we got it. We're, we see it's coming again. We have to do. We have to do. We can't just believe it. So we're going to now have faith and deeds. 
And what Paul said, you say you have faith and I have deeds, I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You need to act on the things that you're beginning to know. You need to act on the things that you're beginning to trust. You, you're praying about it. You're finding the promises in God. Now you have to act on them. You're in a bad marriage. You go, I don't know if I should stay married or not. And so you go and read the scriptures. And it says, stay married. You know, it... The Bible doesn't even say if, you, if your spouse is cheating on you. It doesn't say if your spouse is cheating on you, get a divorce. It says if your spouse is cheating on you, that's the one reason you can get a divorce. It doesn't tell you to do it. It's like this is not the way it's supposed to be. So you act on it. And I know there's people who've been divorced in here. We receive grace for those things. Because they're not God's highest will for us, ever. He never sees, he wants to have two people get married so they can get divorced. It's never his best. It's just sometimes the necessary evil, if you will, because it's the only thing. So you're looking to stay married and you go, well, you don't see it in the scriptures. So now you've got to act on it and stay there. And you go, okay, so then how should I live? Well, the Bible says, husbands, love your wives. It's Christ, love the church. It says, wives, submit to your husbands. Show them respect. You go to the Word and you begin to act on the Word of God. Avoid sexual immorality. You avoid it. Well, God, I really feel like I love this woman in my heart, and, and, and probably in you somehow we're married, because, so we're just going to keep having sex. No, it says we're going to avoid sexual immorality. We're going to flee youthful lust. You act on the Word of God. Not how, how close we can get to the fire. I, oh, when, I, when I was young and... All my friends would always want to go to the youth leader and say, how far is too far? Then I became the youth pastor, and the kids were coming to me and said, Pastor, how far is too far with my girlfriend? And, I, and I, 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 this wasn't mine, but I, I, I'm stealing it now. I've been stealing it for years. Don't ask yourself how far is too far with your girlfriend or your boyfriend. Ask this, how holy can I be? Right? We're going to act on the Word of God in all situations. Number five, aptat. The last T is this. Thank God for what you've received. Thank Him. Just begin to be a, be a person who gives thanks. We're going to begin to build our trust as we do these things. Acknowledge that we can't do it on our own, that we need Him. We're going to pray about everything and ask Him. Supplication means I'm going to ask. I'm going to trust in the promises of God because I'm reading the Bible. I'm learning the, to trust in the promises of God. I'm going to begin to act on the Word of God. And I'm going to begin to thank God. Last, there's three points in Jeremiah. We're not going to trust in man, so we're going to trust in God. We're not going to drive strength from the flesh, but we're going to draw strength from the Lord. And then we're going to turn our heart to the Lord. That doesn't just happen. That doesn't just happen. Anyone who's ever been in a relationship, a marriage, where it grew cold, knows that your heart doesn't just come back to your spouse. You have to be intentional. And the same thing goes with God. You have to be intentional about your walk with God. It's not just going to happen willy-nilly. We think about things over and over. If, you're, if you've had a bad relationship with someone, you begin to think about the bad over and over and over. 
And, and, and instead of thinking of good things all day long, well, she never cooks my meals and she doesn't do my laundry and she doesn't encourage me and she doesn't do this and she doesn't do that and, and we're just, we're just, you know what we're doing? We're meditating on the bad. We're just worrying. You know, we're, we're going to be intentional. We're going to begin to do the opposite. We're going to focus on the godly things in relationship. So what is it in God? We're not going to, he didn't answer that one prayer and I really wanted that car and I couldn't get that car. We're going to begin to focus on the things of God. We're going to focus on the attributes of his name. We're going to begin to put our, our efforts, instead of thinking about all the things that we need and don't have, we're going to think about how good God is. God is love. God is love, and he, and he loved me so much that he sent Jesus, and Jesus died for me when I wasn't even a believer. He, and he's full of forgiveness. He calls you just as you are. He loves you just as you are. Church, this is an amazing thing. God calls you when you're a sinner. He calls you just as you are. He, he loves you just as you are. He forgives you right where you're at. You don't have to move to be forgiven. You just have to say, God, I'm sorry, forgive me, and then change your direction, and he forgives you. Then you start changing. He forgives you right where you're at. You don't have to take a bath to take a shower. You're here. Wherever you're at, you're here. And God loves you right where you're at, but he loves you too much to leave you there. He wants to help you find where you're going, where he wants you to be. He comes and he fills us with his spirit, which is himself. He gives us access to his presence. He gives you ability to speak with him anytime, any moment. He gives you his word. And his word said, the Bible says that his word is a lamp for your feet and a light for your path. In other words, his word helps you not to stumble and it shows you where to go. Turn your heart to the Lord by beginning to learn, read his word. To trust him that way. His spirit gives you power. This is awesome. We trust his spirit and his, his spirit gives us power over the darkness, which is the enemy and our own thoughts and our patterns of living. His Spirit will convict us of sin and lead us into righteousness and give us power. And we know this because of the Word of God. We're not going to build our trust in Him. We're not going to be able to, to derive strength from the Spirit without getting into the Word of God. And, and again, see, this is it. From moving from here to here, we have to come into the Word of God. Become people who, who, who read the Word and, and pray. You need to be familiar with the Word. We turn our hearts to Him by talking to Him and knowing Him. You know, I don't know if you realize we only have so much room in our hearts. It's only so much room in your heart for things. And God has created us in such a way that though there's all these worries in your heart, He's created us in such a way that if you're worrying about things, you can't enjoy life. And while you're enjoying life, you're not worrying about things. Right? You ever notice that? Well, that's why people say, let me come and let me take your mind off of it. And well, I, I feel like this kind of our heart. We have this stuff in our heart. It's bound up. And he created us in such a way 
that whatever we're giving place to in our heart is what's going to be there. And we're, this whole message about getting better soil, well, our, our heart has got a lot of stuff in it. It's got stones and it's shallow soil because we're always thinking and worrying and focusing on the things that aren't producing life. And we need to get, begin to put our heart on the things of God. I mean, it's amazing. You can be having all these horrible things in your life and then go on a, an amazing hike and see nature and the whole time you forget about it. Unfortunately, it's still there when you get home, right? It, it, it's there, but... But God gives us amazing as we put our hearts and meditate our hearts on the things of God and the good things, it begins to cause life to come back into our heart. Our heart begins to turn to God when we don't give place to other things in our heart anymore. Get rid of those things. Put our hearts towards the things of God. We want to increase our soil. We want to have, in order to grow and not just get the, the enemy to come and snatch the word away or to, to grow up and be excited about God and then fall off, the soil of your life needs to get deeper. And I was thinking about that. We're, we're going to end in just a moment. But I was thinking, you know, what, what's this whole thing about soil? And, and if you if you've re- do any reading study, um, if you do any planning, Josh, does, you know, he's got all this greenhouse stuff. He'd probably tell us how to grow, grow good things. And one of the best things is you need good soil if you're going to grow in the, in the ground. Well, what, what's good soil? Well, it's, it's uh, not too sandy and not too compact. has to have the right pH level. And what's the best way to change any soil to make it growable? You need some compost. You need life. Life in that soil. And here's what's really interesting. You know what some of the best compost is? Yeah. You know, when your life has handed you that, put it aside, let it dry up, and then put it back onto your soil and live through it and grow through it. We have that stuff come in. God's going to use it. We reject the manure of life and we realize that the way to truly grow is actually we're not going to you know we're, we're not going to you know use it right now but in a little while that thing is going to become something that's going to give my life depth depth of character depth of trust because he saw me through it we want to have good soil don't give up let the word of god be the watering that you you need for your roots to go down and not dry out let your relationship with God help you give you that depth so that you can begin to be one who's going to find a harvest of, of righteousness and fruit in your life. Don't be one who comes to church on Sunday and then lives like hell the rest of the week. Let the Word go through all week long. Meditate on it. Get in the Word. Spend time in prayer. Trust in Him. Don't trust in your own strength. Lean on Him. Turn your heart back to God so that we can move We've moved from here to here. We can move from here to here. And then we'll find out how we become from just a disciple to somebody whose absolute life is in the Lordship. Heavenly Father, we're here today. But I don't want to stay here forever. 
I want to move. I want to draw closer to you. We're on a journey, God, and, and, and I don't want to stay walking around the same mountain over and over. I want to be on the journey. I want to move closer to you. God, and I know there's things that, that then some of our lives, big stones that we need to take out, things that are not going to allow these seeds to take root. God, we need to put good soil in. We need to put good things into our life so that we can have a soil that receives the word of God. We'll recognize the birds when they come and try to steal the word out of our heart. God, I pray that you would encourage all of us to, to grow in you and to be rooted and founded in you. In Jesus' name, amen.